Welcome to the River City 360 Road Trip. Today, we're heading out to the Dufferin Historical Museum in Carmen, Manitoba to speak with Tyler King, Vice President of the Museum, to learn all about it. Let's go! Welcome back to River City 360, and we are on a road trip that finds us in Carmen, Manitoba, and I'm now joined by Tyler King. He is with the Dufferin Historical Museum. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today and taking us on a bit of a tour of the Dufferin Historical Museum. Well, thank you for joining us today. The moment you step into the museum, there's so much to see. Tell us a little bit about the Dufferin Historical Museum and some of the things that people can find here. Uh, the museum's been around for over 50 years. We did have our celebration a couple of years ago for, for our 50th. It's filled with mostly items that were found in the Carmen and Dufferin area over the years. Uh, we have a wide variety variety of items that range from farming tools to uh, laundry items, school, church. We've also now added the Boyne School to the site, which now houses all of the school-related artifacts, except for a few items. And then we also have a log cabin as well on site to give uh, an early settlers kind of uh, viewpoint. And so let's take a walk over to one of those things. It's hard not to notice this magnificent cathedral that's been hand-carved out of wood. Tell us a little bit about the background behind this, uh, what we're looking at here. Well, this was handcrafted by George Strachan, and this was a project that took a number of years to complete and is based on an old-style cathedral. Uh, it's got an impressive-looking clock with a lot of detail on it. It was a lot of time spent on it, so we even enclosed it into glass to showcase it because it is quite uh, quite fragile and very detailed. It did tour around, and you can see that it has because there's a few little pieces that have gone missing over the years. Uh, but now that it's it's got its final uh, kind of resting place, uh, it can be uh, preserved and and admired by people that come and check it out in Carmen. And something that really stood out here uh, in this area of the museum is the post office that was in use in Graysville for over a century. Tell us a little bit about the history behind what we're seeing here. The Graysville Post Office opened May 1st, 1904, and uh, it had a number of boxes off the start, but there's actually, I think, only about 50 boxes here. What there, it shows is the little wicket as well uh, that you could talk to the postmaster through and then receive your mail on the other side. The dials were used to be able to access, so it wasn't yeah, a They've a got key combination yeah. locks here, Yeah, it so looks it's like. a lot different than what we're used to today. Uh, so it's kind of neat. You can see into the window to see what you if you had any mail before you made that uh, venture into trying to unlock your box. And so it's very neat. It's all wood except for the boxes. You can also see in behind where the postmaster would work, how they would shove the mail in. There's some names on there uh, for some of the people that would have been their box and uh, just the counter space that they would have used back then as well. So here we've got an original fire cart. Yeah, so this would have been a 1900s uh, style fire cart. It's been restored. There's the valve on it that 
shows uh, how much is in the in the fire cart. There was uh, hoses that would come off of that, and uh, there is also a bucket here, and there is a bell on it as well, so that would have been rung as it was being uh, towed to a fireplace. And uh, over here we see uh, a really marvelous collection of oil paintings. Tell us about these paintings and uh, the painter who painted them. Uh, so this collection comes from A.A. Brooks, who uh, moved to Carmen many, many years ago and spent most of his life doing different kinds of paintings. These ones were done in while he was in his 80s, and a lot of his work has been sold all over Canada, including in Toronto and down through uh, the USA as well. There's a lot of detail in the oil uh, painting, and the ones that we have depict early farm life in a rural community. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, depiction of both summer and winter activities, harvest, and the work that would have been undertaken over the years. So there's a lot going on in the museum, but this building is only one portion of, of what you have here. Let's maybe walk over to the Boyne School and uh, take a look at what's there. Sure. The nice thing about our buildings are that they're accessible as well so that anybody can get into them uh, and take a look around. Very cool. Okay, so we just walked into a classroom here. Tell us a little bit about where we are. Yeah, so the Boyne School was the 24th school in Manitoba. This school uh, actually had burned down a couple of times. This is the newest one out of the ones that were around, and it's still almost 100 years old. The neat things about this school are the blackboards. Uh, everyone enjoys playing with the blackboards. The desks, which are uh, some of the original desks from the Boyne School as well. And we also have a teacher's desk that was uh, gifted to us as well. There is a piano in here. Uh, because school, one-room schoolhouses were the main sh social place in a community. So all activities, including uh, dances and other activities, would take place here. Uh, we have included everything that would have been in a typical one-room schoolhouse. Interesting, these school rules here back in 1872. They're very interesting. Uh, there's uh, the outline of what the teachers had to do uh, each day. So it in included filling lamps, trimming wicks, cleaning chimneys, that they had to get a bucket of water each day. And then there's also a lot of rules about what a teacher could do before and after school uh, on their personal time as well, because they were still seen as being part of the community and had to keep a certain standard of living. So we'll head on over to the cabin which is just on the opposite side of the uh, the main museum building. So we're now in the Sexsmith Morgan Log Cabin, and the reason it's called the Sexsmith Morgan Log Cabin is because it actually includes logs from both farmsteads in order to be able to, to make it here, um, because some were pretty rotten in the original Sexsmith homestead, so we 
had to kind of improvise two together to be able to make this. So it is constructed using those logs and has been set up to kind of look like what a, a little log house would be. And here in the center, we uh, see also a buffalo coat. Yes, this buffalo coat is very popular with people, especially uh, kids. They get to come here. This is one artifact they get to, to touch. We do have a number of artifacts that you can touch in the museum. Occasionally, people put it on. I can admit that I have wore this in a 35-degree day for one of our multicultural events. The board thought it would be hilarious to make me wear it, uh, and it, it's a warm coat. That definitely would keep you warm in the winter. If people are interested in coming down and visiting the museum, how can they get a hold of you to uh, to come stop by for a visit? Well, we're open uh, from Tuesday to Sunday. Uh, the only day we're closed is Mondays. Uh, we're cl- open on Sunday from 1 till 5, and all the other days are from 10 till 5 uh, during July and August. And we are available also by appointment after the season as well. And we can be contacted through our website, dufferinhistoricalmuseum.ca, and you can click on a link there to contact us or you can call the museum phone number at any time during the summer as well to arrange appointments. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Tyler, for uh, taking us on a tour of the Dufferin Historical Museum today. Ah, my pleasure. Thank you for coming out today. Thanks for coming on the RC360 road trip. See you next week, same time, different place.